work makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Hour three of The Sports Hangover. Jordan, would you like to welcome our next guest to the show? How about that? Why don't you do that? Yeah. Covers the Pelicans mm-hmm. for ESPN. The man. Why am I getting booed? <laughs> Well, you got keep going. You got to go through it. All right, all right, fine. Keep None going. other than Andrew Lopez. <laughs> you hear him booing in the background. So I don't know what he's booing about. Andrew, what are you booing about? It can't be about me, huh? Mm-hmm. Of course it's about you. It's always about you. Why is it about What did I do wrong? I'm not AD. I'm, I'm here. What he's doing is he's letting you know what, it's, what these athletes and these players have to go through when they go on the road, right? I mean, that's that's what it is. I mean, that's all that's all. I just wanted to, I wanted to make you feel like AD for a that's fair. <laughs> oh, my. Um, Andrew, six-game homestand, three have been played. Pels won one. They've lost the next two. Uh, the, the last two games, you've had C.J. McCollum. Two different games by C.J. 36 this last attempt on Saturday against the Spurs. I let off the show by saying I'm not really too worried about it. It actually referenced your conversation the last time you came on last week. You said it was going to be some adjustment in time, and you actually said, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose the next two. So now you're Andrew Stadamus. Why did you feel that, and did you see the things that made you maybe feel why the Pels would struggle to win right off the gate with CJ? Well, one of the things was they were starting with Miami, which Miami is always a tough, uh, a, a, a tough team. They're a top team in the West. And you stayed with them, even though everybody seems to miss shots, including McCollum, who were six and twenty-one in that first game. But as we, you know, we talked about before, he was uh, he went to bed at twelve thirty when or got in Wednesday night at twelve thirty. Um, you know, woke up at seven. I mean, he was on. He had no legs. You saw what he could do when he had his legs. He put up a season high thirty-six, right? Uh, but the Miami game was going to be a tough game, even if they had been playing with McCollum the entire season. The Spurs game on Saturday, Pop always seems to coach well against the, the Pels. They've never really been able to crack him here. Um, so that kind of stood out for me on that front because I just didn't I just didn't see that one going their way. Now they have three tough games at home this week. This is not going to be – I mean, this was a – now you have Toronto tonight, Memphis tomorrow, Dallas on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, it, it's – all-star, all-star, all-star in the backcourt, right? you got Fred Van Fleet uh, coming tonight, John Moran tomorrow, Luca on Thursday. So it, it's a tough three and four here. But we're talking to, I think, 
Devontae, Devontae, we talked to Devontae and Gary Clark earlier today uh, at shoot-around, and one of the things that kind of stood out was at least right now, they are at home to kind of go through all of this. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you're waking up, at, Gary Clark said, he's like, you're waking up every day, in your own, you're going to sleep in your own bed, you're waking up, you can come in, you can watch film in your own film room. You can do all these things together as a team right now, whereas if maybe on the road it was going to be a little bit different. Um, CJ talked about the other day, and he, he said he, he told us the teammates today about he's got to cut down on his turnovers. He had six turnovers against the Spurs. Two of them that, that stand out to me was him just passing the ball to where he thought guys were going to be compared to where guys were. Like realizing, okay, Herb Jones likes to cut. I don't need to pass it to Herb on the wing all the time because Herb might be cutting to the goal. And it, it's just going to take time. And like I said, it, it, I, I could probably lose these two. And I, same thing when, you know, if they were going to add Zion back to the lineup all of a sudden. I think they would struggle in the first three or four games if they did that. Uh, you know, Willie Green is still trying to find out rotations right now. What starting lineup is going to work? What, how do I play these bench shots? Who needs to play with what players? All of that kind of factors in, and I think that's why you've seen them struggle in these first two games. Andrew, you only have two true point guards on this team. That's Devontae Graham and Jose Alvarado. Um, we had a caller earlier in the show. Who's who's that real facilitator on this team? I mean, Devontae Graham didn't put up any points. His season's kind of been on and off. Uh, past couple of games, he hasn't you know really played well. And Jose Alvarado, as much as he's a very gritty player, and um, a lot of fans are starting to like him, he is still very young in this league and trying to find his own way to be you know very consistent. Who's going to be that facil- facilitating factor for the Pelicans? Um, in the future, I mean, I don't see it being either one of those guys at the point guard position as you're I think starting. Honestly, I, I think, honestly, the guy is C.J. McCollum right now. Um, and you run the offense through C.J. McCollum and, and Brandon Ingram. Those are your guys who will get, the, you know, the facilitator numbers. That the, you know, they'll have the five, six, seven, eight, nine assist night. Uh, Devontae Graham is a point guard by, by name, but I mean, you, you can make the argument he probably should be a shooting guard in this offense. Mm-hmm. And when he's on the floor with McCollum and Ingram, he's probably the guy who's just spotting up, make, you know, can get guys in and out. But that's kind of where I see it. You're going to continue to run through Ingram. You're going to continue to run through McCollum. That's what you've done for uh, you've obviously run a lot of stuff through Brandon Ingram, but I think McCollum may be that guy who is, he'll be, you know, essentially the the lead guard, if you will, uh, in this offense. I think he's, he's the guy who it's going to be. You mentioned his name there as well. How have you seen B.I. and C.J. on the court? I think you can sort of see that it's going to take some time and growth. And is there a concern of maybe messing up that that chemistry that the team had with Bi sort of being the facilitator, the playmaker, and and, and leading the team thing. Yeah, we've seen uh, Bi's numbers go down assist wise the last two games. He had one assist against Miami, two assists against the Spurs. It's it's just a feeling out process. I remember how long. I mean, it took them, took Brandon, you know, twenty five games to figure out what he wanted to be with Zion and how that was going to work with those guys. I mean, really. 40 games if you go into the second season. Uh, It it just doesn't happen. The good thing here is you have a very smart player in McCollum who kind of knows what his role is and has talked about, you know, I I asked him the other night, what do you do 
prepare for this. You never, I mean, he's never switched teams before. He's been on the same team the whole, you know, his whole career. But what does he do to prepare for situations like this? And he, he's like, look, they sent me the Dropbox with all the videos of like, hey, this is the play, this is this play, this is this play, this is this play. But he also asked for, all right, give me Brandon's play. Give me Herb's play. Give me JV's play. Where does JV like the ball? Where does Brandon like the ball? What is, what, where, where does Brandon want to get to? Where does he – all of this kind of it starts to kind of work itself out, and it's just going to take just a few more uh, games, I think, or maybe a few more weeks before they start to, to really kind of figure it out. But, um, again, you're lucky you're doing this right now at home where you could try to figure it out and get to the film and put longer hours in than you do on the road getting in at, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning and, and, and trying to figure it all out from that perspective. Speaking with Andrew Lopez, covers the Pelicans for ESPN. So I I look at it and and think time, and obviously, as you're mentioning it and breaking it down specifically, these are the things you sort of have to look. I, I also went through the positives of what I saw, you know, in that game on Saturday, at least statistically when you look at the fact that, look, Brandon got in 22. He had a double-double from Jonas. McCollum is 36. He at least showed you, hey, I can score. He also had 11 rebounds. That's a double-double there as well. If Graham doesn't go over and things, and then eventually you throw in Zion, like you can maybe start to see why that excitement was last week, huh, Andrew? The potential of what that starting five can look like. Yeah, and offensively, you did what you wanted to do uh, against the Spurs. You scored 114 points. You just couldn't stop anybody. The Spurs were just killing you in the mid range. They're one of the teams that has an advantage, I think, in that area. And I think it, it just didn't work tonight. Now you go back to to playing. Toronto, a team who is who, who plays small ball, but it's a, it's a it's a it's a weird kind of small ball, right? When you think of small ball, you think of guys who are just out there letting them rip, and you know they're playing a small center. Well, they're playing Fred Van Fleet. Most nights they're starting, you know, Van Fleet, Gary Trent, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, uh, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam really at the five. It's their length that really gives them plot, like gives you problems because they can switch everything on the floor almost. And I think they're going to get out. They're going to get offensive rebounds. They're going to try to push against you. It, it's it's a unique team to kind of have to to know what you're doing against. But I think you kind of maybe pick out some switches. You still play them uh, to a close game last time where Hart missed. I think uh, Garrett Temple started that game. This is one of those games I think where you. Let's see what what they can do tonight. See if they can get back on track on both ends of the floor. He just gave me indigestion. The Fred Van Bleep game. I mean, that dude single handedly thirty two points. I mean, he was just he was something else was in hitting, that game. He was hitting, yeah, he was hitting. It almost makes you forget that Siakam went twenty nine and ten that game too. Uh, but yeah. Freddie was doing Freddie Van Bleep. Yeah, exactly. Van Bleep. That, that was his name. <laughs> That's the next day yeah, off yeah. the show. Van Bleep. Yeah, yeah. Van Bleep, man. Um, I think one of the other things, too, though, and I saw some of you guys kind of putting it up there on that Thursday and also on the weekend, too. We have talked about excitement. We have seen that excitement, not only in this trade and things of that nature. But I thought the, the three games in this homestand, even when you go back to the Tuesday win against Houston, despite all the whistles and everything, you can feel that that bit of a groundswell of Pels fans that that are waiting, man. They can't wait for this to kind of get going, and they almost feel like they are not. Am I wrong? I don't know. You've been to all the games at home this year. Does it feel different 
now as opposed to the beginning of the season from a fan base perspective? Uh, yeah, it kind of does. I mean, you can see where things are just a little bit different right now. I mean, there, there was a little bit more energy in the building for the opener for TJ's first game. There was a little bit more energy last game. There are reasons to be optimistic about what this team can do. Obviously, they held on to the 10th spot for a little bit. Portland is still kind of going backwards. You know, we think at least, obviously, they came back and beat, you know, beat the Knicks the other night in a ridiculous game. But to me, I think what you're seeing is there's reason for optimism. There are optimistic fans. But it, it, things are changing, and I think that that's a good thing. You don't, you're not going to get a guy like C.J., of his caliber sometimes in free agency, which is why when he wrote that great Players' Tribune article the other day, he mentioned, hey, I wanted to be in New Orleans. He was more explicit than what we asked him in the press conference. Like, I remember I asked him in the press conference, hey, is this what you sure. to be after he kind of mentioned, hey, you know, I, I kind of, I, I, it didn't fly inside me. I knew I was getting traded. I knew what I was doing. And it was kind of weird because, like, you, you put yourself in that spot. And, and I asked him, I was like, hey, well, this is where you want it to be then? He's like, hey, well, I mean, he's not going to say no, you know what I mean, in that moment. And uh, he's going to say, yeah, of course I want it to be here. <laughs> but he really does, and I think that's the, that's the key. And he went out of his way to make sure he, he meant that. I mean, he had maybe some other options, but this was what they thought was going to work the best. And I think, again, the reason that you can make a push here now uh, for that play in tournament. Right. I have to do it, just like you guys have to do it. When's the Zion update? Any other additional Zion? <laughs> uh, just what we got last Thursday. There it is. I see you said it. I asked and you said it. It's as simple as that. Anyway, uh, tonight should be fun. Let's see what takes place. I, I don't know if I'm calling. I did. I think I called it must win. And the only reason I say that, I just look. Um, John, the Grizzlies are easily a storyline this year in the Western Conference, but they always play them well. I think tomorrow night's atmosphere could be sick over at the Smoothie King Center. And Luca's been playing out of his mind, putting up some killer numbers. But they haven't always been wins for Dallas, and that's coming up. But I always feel like Dallas is a bad matchup for the Pelicans. So I know Toronto's playing well. No, they're good. I, I think you got to get this one to even up the two and two in the homestand, huh? Yeah, you try. You look. You you would ideally like to be three and three in this homestand. When you when you look back at where it started, you probably want it to be four and two. But that was maybe pushing it just a little bit because of the caliber of teams that were coming in. You get out of here at three and three, get into the break, give you more time to get CJ acclimated, and you come out on the other side. You'll be, you know, you're, you're going to be in a good spot. Andrew Lopez, as always, appreciate the time, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Tell him bye, Jordan. See you, Andrew. Aww. Hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful Valentine. Wow, <laughs> Valentine's Day. Aww. That was so sweet of you, Jordan. I, I don't, I don't hate you as much as I normally do today. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's very nice of you. Do, you have, do I have a box of chocolates? No, stop it. Why are you taking the man's chocolates? No, no, see? no. no. See? <laughs> see? Couldn't leave well enough alone. Thank you, Angie. Appreciate it. We'll go to break. We'll come back. Marlon Favorite will join us. His thoughts. He is a defensive tackle. Look, obviously, Aaron Donald, dude's a Hall of Famer. But what was it like from a guy that's actually played on a D-line to actually see that kind of influence in a game that big? I'll ask him next on ESPN New Orleans.
When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 gavel backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Galvaloom. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. He'd like to sing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. We gonna beat your ass. We gonna beat your ass. We gonna beat your scary up when we see you. The whole New Orleans. We wasn't waiting on you to do this. We not happy that you flunked out in the Super Bowl. Our partners play with you. They should bush you in the lock. They should beat your ass up in the locker room. Everybody, the kicker, the owner, the owner wife, the all the, the quarter, everybody, anybody who married on the team, got wives, should beat your ass. Boy, you garbage. You really breakfast. All you do is get toast. <laughs> Duck <laughs> Lame ass. Your uncle Michael Blackson can't help you. He can't save you on this. Talking about our city. You trash. You stink. Damn, bruh. You you can't cover a a, a a a a bed with a sheet. Nothing. That was a mild one, by the way. Marlon Favor on a big fave five oh four. You requested to play that because that is running rampant on social media, sir. At Big Fave five oh four, Mr. Marlon Favorite. How are you, sir? Just <laughs> as a part about the toast for me. Well, when, you look, video, when, 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 when you look at the video, when you look at the, go ahead, say that again. No, I said shout out to my homeboy Mario P. That's local New Orleans comedian Mario P. <laughs> well, thank you for letting us know who that was. Uh, on that video as well on Instagram, you you do see a piece of toast in front of yeah, Eli Apple's face on uh, on some of that. You know, dude, I, it's funny. We always talk about this, and, and it's the relationship that this city sort of has with its players and people like that. And again, if people have no idea where that's coming from and why everyone's bagging on E.L. Apple, he came out during the playoffs and, you know, trashed the city, said the fan base is terrible, the city stinks, the food's not as good as everyone makes it out to be. Kind of brought it on himself, huh? He did. He, he did invite that because the thing was, it was never any beef between New Orleans and Eli Apple. 
So this, this kind of started in the playoffs, and he was just kind of bashing the New York fan base, and it just kind of slid into ours. Well, he must have didn't stay around New Orleans long enough to know that, oh, yeah, we, we will rib you back and we will fire back. But here's the thing. It's one thing to talk trash and, and be able to back it is the next thing. And, look, man, Eli Apple, for the most part, is a starting NFL cornerback. I mean, you wouldn't make it on these teams or, or, or get drafted or do anything. But to, to Mario P's point and a lot of the folks who are, uh, you know, getting on him today, two of, the, two of the biggest plays in the game, two touchdown passes. Uh, if you look at the first one, uh, he let he, he bit on the on the play action pass. He thought it was going to be run, so he bit. Uh, Cooper Cup comes on the drag deep drag route and, and touchdown. That was that was in his area. He had I want to say it looked like they were in either some type of cover three or or, or no, it definitely was cover three because he would have had that third all by itself. What a catch was made! And then the last play that was a big play was the one that was in that that we played at the beginning of the show. And, and that was the touchdown one-on-one man-to-man. And the funniest meme, and guys, I, I think this was in one of my stories. I got to put it in my story again. Was the girl, when she was taking a picture, like the receiver, like the lady, pointing, smiling, girl, look who's sticking me. I'm in man-to-man coverage. She's smiling, smirking, like, throw it to me. That happened. That actually happened in the man-to-man <laughs> coverage, which essentially cost the Bengals the game. So, so you if you're going to be able to fish it, you got to be able to take it back. Hello, somebody. Marlon, uh, a lot of people thought that maybe Aaron Donald should have won the MVP. And we went over the stats. You saw the the pressures. And even besides the numbers, though, it's at the moment. Al Michaels said it. The first player to run onto the field after the Bengals received the kickoff was Aaron Donald. He couldn't wait to get in there. And he makes essentially the deciding final play. On a defensive end, you were a defensive lineman. When you see that kind of performance, not only in this game, but really this postseason, you saw him step it up. Where do you put him? Like, I'm honestly trying to think. I mean, there have been some incredible defensive players, defensive linemen, you know, Reggie. I mean, all of those guys. Like, is Aaron Donald the best to have ever played? Gus, um... I don't know if this statement is too premature, but I can't make a bold statement. And before I say this, this is no disrespect to one of the best defensive linemen that our game has ever saw in Reggie White. Uh, the things he did early on in his career is big. And, you know, Gus, as I grew up as a young defensive lineman and, and, and continue to watch that position, continue to evolve over the years, I, I notice and I see guys like Warren Sapp Again, when I was coming out of high school, I was compared to Warren Sapp a lot. And, you know, he did a lot of things, earning a Heisman in college, and, you know, putting up the numbers he did. And, and then the, the list continued. You have guys like Dwight Freeney, and there's John Randall. Um, you know, me having blessed to have an opportunity to play for the late great uh, Coach John Tierley, who coached those guys in Minnesota and also coached Dwight Freeney and, 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 um, course Robert Mathis at that position but when you talk about a guy like Aaron Donald and yes Gus I'm gonna get to the point and and, and our listeners can look at me as being biased or they can agree with me um I, I do think he deserved the MVP because essentially it was him it was bad calls it was bad coverage bad calls Cooper Cup's two touchdowns 
But aside from that, Cooper Cup might have had, what, four receptions, five receptions, 92 yards. Good plays. I'm not taking anything from him and his performance. But if you look at the impact and what Aaron Donald did, and you look at how he came out there, like you said, he ran, he was the first one on the field. He was ready because he knew his in his mind and his ability, I'm about to uh, abuse this offense alignment over me, and I'm going to stop Joe Burrow back-to-back plays to end the game. That won the Super Bowl because we do know that that is a prolific offense for the Bengals. And given the right time and the right protection, I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and those guys should have driven the ball down the field to close it out. But it was the performance of Aaron Donald, and that's why I say how that position has evolved. Here's a guy you could put anywhere on the defensive line. Um, Gus, I'll, I'll shoot you this picture here. I'll tweet it to you here in a minute. With me and Aaron Donald standing next to each other, you'll see how slim he is in the stomach area. Mine's a little gumbo. Watch out there now. And you see he's not that much bigger than me. So it's not his size, but it's his strength, his quickness, his ability to shoot the gaps, his knowledge of the game. It's timing at the position. Man, that was greatness we witnessed last night. Again, four total tackles, three tackles solo, two tackles for loss, two sacks. Consistent numbers weren't large, but that should have been the MVP. Marlon, was there anything that the Bengals could have done, maybe chip, like had them chip blocking, or um, was there anything that they could have done to stop Aaron Donald from getting to the quarterback that many times? Man, that's a great uh, question, Jordan. Um, I think I can start by answering it by saying they could have done a little more max protection, maybe could have went to like a two-bag protection and just really trust um, Jamar or Cooper. I was about to say Cooper Cup, of course he made plays last night, or T. Higgins or Boyd or any of their targets to win on their one-on-ones, go hit them. But that's a high risk because if you bring in a, another running back, that's one less weapon you have to go out. So you have the protection you need for, the, to, for Joe to go through his progressions, yeah. But you also, you know, you're just caught in a situation where you risk higher interceptions, pass breakups, you know, you know, actually asking for the impossible. So I think they should have done a little more max protection. But you, you just – I mean, the experts that do what we do in terms of broadcasting and, and, and analyzing the game said it. You know, the Bengals need an offensive line, and that's true. You have guys like Jonah Williams, who's used to this stage and, and has won a national championship with Alabama. He played exceptionally well, but, I mean, I forget the guy's name, right? Number 67 in the middle. But to my point, a little less experienced offensive linemen are not as good offensive linemen that essentially cost them the game. So, I mean, the, the Bengals rolled the dice. They had the fire offense that got them to the Super Bowl. But, Gus, you hear me say this is a cliche all the time. High-powered offense, or oh, they'll win you some games, but they won't win you championships. And, you know, both defenses played well, but unfortunately the offensive line for, for the um, Bengals weren't up to par. Marlon, the play where he literally bench-pressed the right guard just extended his arms, threw him into Joe Burrow to create a sack. What, what, what is that cold when you have guys in over at Conquer Sports? I see you going through the tackle dummies and swim move and all that. When you literally bench press a human being into the backfield that then goes into the quarterback, is there a technical term for that? Two things, Gus. Two things here. One thing is A, <laughs> winning with leverage, which you'll 
McDonald's, a six-foot guy, right? And then two, being able to be explosive and being that, that low man, right? You know, my, my, the greatest coaches in the game has always told their guys the low man win. I remember one of the first things my, my dad told me when I first started playing football, man, make sure you keep your pad level low, keep it, stay low, keep your eyes on a swivel. And Aaron Donald has mastered that. See, and this is and this is a message, gosh, I really want to push this message out. So I'll say it right now because it's been a conversation I've been talking with a lot of my good friends over the course of the last few weeks. Okay. You know, with, with high school recruiting just, just wrapping up and, you know, all the jazz about, you know, the different colleges coming in the New Orleans area recruiting certain players, for the players who are getting those D2 offers or the smaller Division One schools or what have you, don't turn away from those because you have to remember this, Gus, college, Football, they, they, they scout and they recruit off of potential, right? It's a potential that they, 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 you know, guy, you know, if he's six foot five, 300 pounds, I don't care about how good his technique is or what type of football player. We'll get him up to speed. Let, let me get this big guy in our program. But Aaron Donald um, is basically the epitome of what you call a guy who went to a school, Pittsburgh, when they wasn't really that, they never really was that, didn't have a lot of coming out of high school yeah. wasn't your, your body prototypical you know prototypical body right six foot valley 280 pounds but by far the best nfl player in the game let's not get it twisted and that's excluding nobody you know defensive mvp consistent is constantly making it to the pro bowl and it just added a super bowl to his repertoire and he's a young man so the point i make is you know for, for those young athletes listening to us right now their parents don't just focus on, you know, how, how your size right now and what, you know, a big school. You could go to a small school and, and be the best player in professional sports. So I, I just felt like saying that, Gus, especially right after the Super Bowl, yeah. Aaron Donald being, in my opinion, the MVP of that game, closing it out, wasn't a big-time recruit. So I, I just felt like saying that. Hello. <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, 60 seconds here, sir. Final minute. One positive thing, one negative thing in the 2021 regular season. What are you going to remember this season by? What do you, you think is a storyline, good and bad, that you'll remember this year? I think a good thing I'm going to remember is the performance of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you know, being able to reignite what we saw at LSU in that time frame when they won a national championship. Magical football to sit on the next level. A bad thing, man, the amount, and, and this is dedicated to my city, the amount of injuries that the, that the Saints face this year, right? The amount of injuries that the Saints face this year and, and not being able to have our players, losing famous, that was a, a bad thing. But, Gus, if I have a little bit of time, there was one more thing that, that, that happened bad, but it was just disheartening. Can't imagine what that is. I just saw this tweet pop up over. Uh, like this tweet, if Herb Jones is a better defender than Eli Apple. I think that's 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 an easy one. That is an easy one. Herb Jones, I would say, is a better defender than Eli Apple. There's no doubt about that. And, and, and guess what, man? I'm glad he doesn't play for the Cowboys, man, because that's another thing. They didn't go to the Super Bowl. Guys. You know that they were they were supposed to be the L.A. Rams, man, but – you know what's been happening. You know, Tampa won the Super Bowl last year. The Super Bowl was in, you know. I don't know Tampa. why you do it to yourself. I, I honestly this don't know why you do it to yourself. Every year. Every LA, year. LA. Every year. Next year, going to be in Dallas. 
it looks like that's the trend. Just for you, just for you, just for you, the the new odds are out. The team with the best odds of winning the Super Bowl next year, Kansas City. Second, Buffalo. Rams third. Bengals fourth. Niners fifth. Packers sixth. With the seventh, best odds. Your Dallas Cowboys. The Packers are eight. I mean, the, the Buccaneers. Who's their quarterback? They, they're the eighth favorite to go to the Super Bowl. I guess they're thinking like Jimmy G or somebody else goes over there. I don't know. Titans and Ravens round out the top ten. And then the Broncos. The Broncos all of a sudden up there. So You see what I'm saying? I mean, the Cowboys aren't always far, man. Look how close it was this year. It's, it's coming, man. They're peaking. All right, uh, my, my buddy Roy is not going to like this. The Saints have better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Seahawks, Browns, Eagles, Dolphins, Raiders, Falcons, Commanders, Steelers, Bears, Panthers, Giants, Jags, Lions, Texas, and Jets. So middle of the pack. But better odds than Roy's Miami Dolphins. Good job there, Roy. Good job there. <laughs> and the Saints don't know who the quarterback is. Uh, thank you, Marlon. Appreciate the time as always, bud. Love the time, brothers. Y'all take care, fellas. Hello. Sure. See y'all later. At Big Fade504 is a way to follow him over on Twitter. Inside the Trenches, the podcast. Quick break. Phone lines open the rest of the way. Matt Moscona coming up. Top of the hour. It's the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Streaming now. Bel Air. A new Peacock original series. Where are we going? You're going to stay with your aunt and your uncle. From executive producer Will Smith and Westbrook Studios. Do you know why I'm here from Philly? Scrapping the bull court. You're nasty. You get one shot. Give this a real chance. So you can show these rich people how much you care about poor black kids from the hood. At a second chance. Why are we working so hard to save a boy who doesn't want to be safe? Because we quit to him. There's no going back. Bel-Air. Streaming now with new episodes every Thursday. Only on Peacock. Executive producers of Lost. Maybe we need the sign for the highway. They didn't list the sign. A new Epics original series. It's important for you to understand what happens after dark. You're telling me I can't leave and that every night monsters come from the forest. You saw those things outside. Maybe I can come in. Get these people home, Sheriff. Do everything I can. From premiere Sunday, only on Epics. Get the channel or the app. February is American Heart Month. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, heart disease is a leading cause of death for men and women in the United States. High blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking, diabetes, obesity, and lack of exercise can increase your risk of developing heart disease. Your age, gender, and family history of heart disease also play a role. Coronary artery disease, or CAD, is the most common form of heart disease and a major cause of heart attack. CAD occurs when plaque builds up along the walls of the heart's arteries, causing them to narrow and limit blood flow. Your doctor can screen you for heart disease using calcium scoring with cardiac CT, which can identify the presence, location, and extent of plaque buildup. Ask your doctor if you're at risk for coronary artery disease and find out if cardiac screening is right for you. For more information, visit radiologyinfo.org. That's radiologyinfo.org. This health reminder is from the Radiological Society of North America. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he has no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Aggressiveness, uh, his ability to create his own shot um, is, is incredible. And, um, you know, it's just an, an added bonus for us to have another guy that can just go get it. 36 points from C.J. McCollum. The last time the Pels were on the court, they'll be on the court again tonight, taking on the Raptors. We're at the Smoothie King Center. 
Um, before the end of the show, like either this segment or next segment, we're going to give away some tickets here. We're going to give away tickets to the rest of the homestand. Mark, though, you want to talk about head coach Willie Green. What you got, bud? Yeah, you know, uh, talking about the uh, referees and the attitude that, well, it's part of the game. If we use that, we wouldn't have a lot of uh, penalties that we have today. Like there'd be no rough in the past. You could just do whatever you want to them, and that would be the end of it. You could hit guys high mm-hmm. when they're going up to catch the ball as a you know undefended person. But the idea that we got to get get it right with the with the uh, referees, I mean, it's just not going to happen the first time. But we got to move on. I mean, the NFL has to look at this and they have to make a move to where the referees can be held accountable and the plays can be reviewed. I think every penalty, period, should be reviewed by New York or wherever, somewhere. And like I say, if we don't get it right the first time, eventually we will get it right. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at L.A., they got in with when they had the no call to the Super Bowl. And then last night, I'm not saying they wouldn't have won, but they, they won the game, and it, it, in my mind, it was just they had an advantage. And I don't think any athlete wants to win a championship that has some kind of uh, taint to it. You know what I mean? So I'm with you. I think they ought to review the the, the plays, and I think they ought to answer uh, at the end of the game. They ought to have press conferences like everybody else. That's what I'm saying. Transparency see. and accountability. Why, why you keep rolling yeah. your eyes to me? Because it ain't doing anything. Because they don't have that. They don't have transparency and accountability. Say sorry. No, I'm with I missed you. the call. Mike it up. Mike it sorry, up. I, I want to hear that discussion. I want to hear that discussion. But that's different than doing a post game. I'd rather hear that than Collinsworth. How about that? How about that? Well, if I'm still on the phone, I'm with you. <laughs> but to roll your eyes and say, "Well, it's part of the game," like I say. That's right, Mark. Still use uh, roll your eyes. Yep. Then let's go back to football in 1920. Okay, yep. let's put leather helmets on, no face masks. That's right, let's Jordan. put on uh, whatever we want. Let's just go back. Yep. It's time to advance things, Jordan. We have to advance. Yeah, there's there's yeah. Ad- right, there's I'm advancing. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate there's it. There's advancing buddy. things, mm-hmm. and then there's trying to fix things that really can't be fixed. So you don't think you can affi- you can fix bad officiating, which is why no, I you had can, asked that. No, you could, there's good officiating, no, there's I, bad officiating, obviously. Right. But so you think that's there's just officiating? Al- there's always going to be a missed call, yeah. and there's always going to be big missed calls. And the only time that we I talk don't disagree about with you on that. But if somebody has the propensity to consistently make bad calls, shouldn't that person have some? When's the last time? Come up in? I mean, I, there was I mean, an NFL they're in a season. job that, that doesn't work. Like, if your restaurant is consistently turning out bad food or bad service, guess what happens? Right? I mean, anything, any job. I mean, there's consequence at some point if you don't do the job you were hired to do. But it's, it's not, cons- it's not consistently Game-changing bad calls. Okay, but whether it's the restaurant, Every whether it's game. healthy, you have the guy that comes over, makes sure yeah, the rats aren't hanging out, you know, in the fridge. I mean, it, you know, here you have reviews. I mean, you, you have you. There, there's certain ways to measure 
you know, whether it's ratings, whether it's reviews, I mean, there, there's certain things that can help. Now, there are reports, you, you brought them up, you can go find them, the teams get them. All I'm saying is put them more accessible than public. The end of the game, right? Right, right in the box score. Officiating crew grade C, B, D. I'm in. It'll at least make me feel better. I don't know. Uncle Earl, what you got? Hey, Goose, uh, 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 I love Jordan, but I, I agree with you, man. Uh, not that I hate the, I, I can't stand the Rams, but Goose, something's got to be done, man. I mean, not just being a homer going back to our game, but changes the outcome of the, I mean, this NFC Championship, Super Bowl, you don't get any bigger than that. Gus, something's got to be done, man. Like, can they review the holding call? Who's accountable for the, like, I want to hear what's going on like you do. Like, something's got to be done, man, because this is is too much the last couple years, Gus. It's taking the outcome of a beautiful, a wonderful game, which we enjoy, we love, and then, bam, all of a sudden, man, it's, it's going down the drain, man. What what could be done? At least, can they review a holding call? Has that ever been, been done before, ever, Gus? Have they even talked about that before? Like reviewing a, a penalty. Well, they used to for the Roberts. The, the, uh, Pass interference, and then they got rid of it the following year. I mean, there's two, there's two areas, defensive holding and roughing the passer. Those things need to be challengeable. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, they, uh, sometimes you, you barely touch the – Quarterback and it and it's uh, there goes the flag, the Tom Brady rule or whatever. Anyway, I just wanted to put my two cents in, Gus. But something's got to be done with. It. I, I totally agree right, with Jordan. you, buddy. Something's got to be done, Jordan. Thank you, Uncle Earl. I never said something doesn't have to be done. I'm just saying that's well, never, it's, it's not going to be fixed. Well, it's, it's why we talked about it today. Can it legitimately be no. fixed? And it's, there's if you change something, because everyone goes change oh, full time jobs. Then tell me how does a full how does that making it. That's, and that's what I'm saying. Man. I'm saying, all right, change that. Do yeah. that. You can improve that. But that's not all these calls aren't just going to go away. I agree. But I also think that there is some level of recourse that if you do have transparency and there is some sort of accountability, the guy that blew the Nola no call should have never stepped on a Super Bowl field to be part of that officiating crew. Do you not disagree with that? No, I agree with that. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we but know it was the following many, year. Okay, I, so, and and to, to your it. point, if yeah. we're grading by the, by year, the year, he did okay. have a good season. But at the he end of the year, year, you blow a call that bad that cost a team that much. That was last year. Then that guy should go from tier A to tier B at least, or tier B to tier C. You should have different tiers. You should have, and as I told you during the break, I just never brought it up on the air. The only people that should be officiating the games of the week, you know, the 325 kickoffs, the Sunday night matchups, the Monday night matchups, and the Thursday night matchups are Tier A officiating crews. So now we're getting Tier B and all the other well, horrible that's how officiating it works. in the earlier games. Well, again then, but that's what I'm saying. If there's standings and there's rankings and there's everything else and every other part, then that should be the case. I don't want to see a crew that's so terrible on a Sunday Because here's the problem. Primarily, those matchups at those time slots are teams that are really good and they're playing for pretty important things. Place in the division, division titles, top seeds. You get what I'm getting at? Like, 
Put your best crews on there. And I think it does. It adds to the gambling aspect of it, and it adds to the viewership aspect of it. I, when I click on the box score this week, it's the Clee Bear crew. They're, they're like Rotten Tomatoes on a movie. You have a 24, you know, percent approval. I know it's going to be a brutally officiated game. Like, I just, I want to know. Hey, if you want to go to the game tonight, we want to send you Pelicans and Raptors right now, 800-998-1003. Buddy's going to take a number, any number, and guess, and he's literally going to go, ring, hang up, ring, hang up. You win. We want to send you. Four tickets all together, I promise. They're really good seats. They're going to send it to your phone. You ain't got to do nothing but just look at the text and then hit the link and it's yours. It's real easy. It's all digital at the Smoothie King Center. We want to go and send you there. What I think will be a Pell's win. Sports Hangover continues next on ESPN York. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Terrebonne General Health System Community Sports Institute is recognized for outstanding service and contributions to Terrebonne Parish. We provide a certified athletic trainer to every Terrebonne Parish high school. We also provide concussion baseline testing to over 1,400 student athletes annually, along with CPR and AED certification to over 500 area coaches at both the schools and the recreation departments. We are proud to be your trusted resource in keeping our community safe. Visit TGHealthSystem.com. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. Hope you're calling for those tickets. I can see all the lines lit up. Who will Buddy choose? So much power in Buddy's hands right now. 800-800. He just did it. All right, we'll see who the winner is here shortly, and we'll congratulate you. Oh, there it is. John, thank you for coming, man. Thank you for um, going to the game. So uh, enjoy it. It'll be on us. And I promise Jordan didn't take, like, one of the four tickets, and you got to – that would be awkward, wouldn't it? He's, like, he's already sitting in the row, and everybody shows up. Oh, oh, you think that would be part of the prize? What do you think? Should that be part of the prize? I mean, I'd prize? be a great Valentine gift tonight at the game. Thank you for clearing that up. I do appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm, I said it going into the break. I said it going into the break. I think it's a Pell's Why win. are you laughing? I'm not laughing. I'm professional keeping it together until after the show. But I do think it's a win tonight. What do you think? Give it to me. Come on. It's a loss. Oh. I'm sorry. You're going L? It's a loss. It's a close loss. Graph, if you're listening, I just want you to keep score. I said W. 
Kleber Sedell. Willie Green says right now his big moment and things thing that he needs to do is figure out that that starting lineup and really how the lineups go. It's just a, a continuous evaluation of where we are. You know, you do look at the two games, um, but at the same time, having awareness that it's a huge adjustment for everybody. It's, it's an adjustment for CJ. It's an adjustment for um, all of his teammates. Um, so we'll do it together. We'll get back to the drawing board, watch some film, get in practice, continue to work. And I, I continue to say it, I believe in his group and we'll get there. There you go, Jordan. He believes, I believe, you don't believe. That's terrible. And you're wearing a Pelican sweatshirt. But every time you ask this yeah. question, do you think we're going to win tonight? <laughs> it's always yes. Yeah. There has to be some no, some moments I, where I we say no. I say yes. We go, for the majority of the time, that we say yes. That is not true. One angry midget on the on-deck circle. Troy, you're up first, though. Thank you for calling the sports hangover. You're with Dustin <laughs> Jordan, the non-believer. Hey, Gus, uh, I don't understand how Jordan can't figure out a way to fix this officiating problem. It's a very easy fix. You can fix missed calls, and you can fix bad calls. You take away challenges from the coaches because there's no reason a coach should ever have to challenge an, a, a, a mistake by an official. You put a sky judge in the booth. If there's a bad call that's missed, he corrects it, calls down to the field. If there's a flag that's thrown, he, he can look at it real quick. Look and see if it's legit. If it's legit, let it go. If it's not, call down. That's not pass interference. Problem solved. Coaches shouldn't be able to waste time out to fix it. A dummy error by officiators, officials who don't really are good at their job. Put a sky judge in the booth. It's not that hard. Troy, we saw that in the XFL, right? The sky judge, and it had a mic part of that. I thought it was great. Hold on. B, the other thing to Antonio Daniels' point, and it gets him going bananas, is when in the NBA you challenge, but even if you're successful, you lose your challenge. Like, at least in the NFL, if you're successful, you keep it. I'm like, that's ridiculous. So I had to use a challenge to correct your mistake, and then you take away my win? Like, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. The reason why they haven't done it, Jordan, is because the NFL owners are too cheap and don't want to pay another official for every game. They want about, they're trying about keeping money in their pocket instead of fixing their product. That's the problem. All right, I'm getting all worked up. I got to get off this. <laughs> there, it there it is, baby. Hey, at least it's beautiful outside. Weather is absolutely gorgeous. Thank you for the phone call. One Angry Midget, how are you today? Good morning, Goose. Oh, good afternoon, Goose. How are you? Doing fine. You got two and a half, three minutes before we have to go. So I think the thing with the Pelicans right now is twofold. One, obviously the team has to gel, right? You, mm-hmm. you just entered a new ingredient to the gumbo, and it's got to simmer a little bit. So that it, it, it can combine with the with the ogre, with the chicken, with the with, with the root. I think the other thing is, and what we're gonna miss, and what we need to figure out is how can we manufacture is the defense that Josh Hart offers. Because we scored twenty last point. week uh, or last game, but it, it's given up 124 points to the Spurs, and yeah. we've gone down this road before with Uncle Al, where we would score 115 and the other team would score 120. We'd score 120, and the other team would score 125. So it's really we need more than just Herb on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't know where that comes from. But it was still a great trade. You just added a piece that's going to be really interesting. 
I agree with you. I I, I do think, thank you, one angry midget. Appreciate it, man. Have a good week. I I, I think to his point, and that's what we kept saying and what Andrew's saying too, and that's why I played that soundbite by Willie Green right there. You heard him say, look, we're going to go to work. We're going to figure it out. They figured out a way with whatever was in that locker room before the trade to where they learned to play together. It's going to happen. Um, and they'll figure it out. They'll figure out a way, right? Whether they have that true point guard or not and all those different aspects of it. And, you know, again, some of these moves too, it's hard because they are for now, but they're, they're also for the future. Whenever you know who plays, don't, don't put your head down. Why, why did you put your head down when I, I didn't even say anything? You know, your hands did come together in the form of prayer. At some point it'll happen. There you go smirking again. You can't just just serious face, can you? I'm just not gonna say it. No. What about CJ with the game winner tonight? Or a missed game winner? What What is wrong with you? Why do you, Why do you want them to lose today? I don't want them to lose. I'm just not feeling a win. Why are you not feeling a win? There's no way Fred Van Bleep is going to go Fred Van Bleep again. They lose tonight, win the next two. That's my prediction. Oh, they're going to beat Ja tomorrow and and uh, and Luca, huh? What is the What's the record? I'll have tickets for tomorrow. What's, what's the tomorrow record? Tomorrow we should Tomorrow we should have fun with those tickets. We will. But what's the record against the the Grizzlies? Hmm. Since hmm. I already have an idea about tomorrow. Something has to do with like one and two, the best like duo or something like that. Because obviously, you know, it's Zion and Ja. That we're drafted one and two, so we, we gotta do something. It'll be something fun. You're gonna have to earn tomorrow. You have to call in. And we're gonna put you on the spot, live on air. I like that. That's for sure. I'm, I think I think tomorrow would be fun. I might call in and try to win the ticket. You cannot call in tomorrow. Can't do it. We do appreciate all of y'all that did though today. We appreciate all our guests here as well, and as always, we appreciate you for tuning us in. If you didn't, shame on you. But then you wouldn't have heard that anyway because you're not listening. You, you missed everything I just said. No, because you? you said it. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Be safe. Have fun. And we'll see you tomorrow. Matt Moscona. And after further reviews up next, don't forget tonight, Pels, Raptors right here. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip time on your home for Pelicans basketball. ESPN New Orleans. It's the President's Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram 